This is going nowhere. She keeps, you know, moving the mole that he has to whack until finally he's like, okay, well, truthfully, you've been a little clingy. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Welcome back to another Dear Shandy Love is Blind recap, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Doing good. How Doing are you? Good. I'm good, thank you. So today we are covering episodes seven through nine of Love is Blind. Do we have any housekeeping before we get going? Isn't that amazing how fast you get to episode nine? I know. With Netflix? Yeah, when it's not paced out once a week, like on The Bachelor. Yeah. It turns out you have no restraint when they just give them to you all at once. <laughs> it's just gorge. Yeah. Okay, so we'll start off with Amy and Johnny going all the way back to the Dominican Republic. I mean, these two are so peaceful. Yeah, nothing to see here. Yeah, it's very easygoing. She says her love grows for him every day, even the physical, which she admits she wasn't sure about. I love that she could say this to his face. So he didn't mm -hmm. get offended. Yeah. You know? Oh, but yeah. Can you imagine if... Jimmy had said that to Chelsea. <laughs> she says everything's perfect. They're almost nervous at how perfect things are. They're almost willing a fight to happen mm -hmm. to see what goes down. Later in the pool, I thought this was worth noting, when talking families, she reveals a lesson she has learned is oversharing with her parents. And then they involve themselves too much mm. in her in her last relationship that's happened. They're overprotective. And she says, in general, she's easily influenced. I think this goes for a lot of people. I wrote this down because I found this super relatable. I feel like a lot of people, and especially young women, uh, in terms of dating and relationships, there comes a point where they're like, oh, actually telling my parents about that fight I had last night or whatever is not really going to benefit me long term. Well, you, you have to come to a point as an adult where you say, I trust myself. Yes. You need to accept that. Or you need to say, you know what? My parents are always right and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm a mess. Yeah. And you just want to be led. Yeah. But that's, that's very rare. Usually as an adult, you have to trust yourself. Yeah. I really loved the self-awareness of this and also how she could say I'm really easily influenced. I, I relate to this very, very deeply what she said here. And I think, you know, obviously the first step is knowing this about yourself. I think a lot of people don't realize that they're easily influenced when they are. So yeah, yeah. this made me like Amy even more. I didn't think it was possible. Uh, some foreshadowing here when she said, if she doesn't get her dad's blessing, she's not sure she can move forward. Damn. In Charlotte, North Carolina, Johnny visits Amy's place. This is really funny. He's like, wait, you're a crystal girl? <laughs> 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 and she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> you know what's great is the honesty here. Yes. He genuinely was upset she was a crystal girl. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah, and she was also completely unapologetic for being a crystal unapologetic, girl. Unapologetic, but also self-aware that she's a crystal girl. Yeah, yeah. Like well, she understands that it is funny in a way. These little exchanges between the two of them, to me, really show the foundation of something that can yes, work. Yes, to be able to poke fun at someone and yes. not worry that they're going to take it seriously and personally. Yes, it adds a spice to a relationship when, yeah. you don't, when you're not walking on eggshells. There's no shells. Well, there is one shell. It turns out to be I, not quite finances, but really the idea of becoming parents mm -hmm. and how that relates to finances. So he says he wants to retire early. Could she live frugally to make that happen? And she's like, yes, but she believes in enjoying life in the moment, enjoying the fruits of her labor, basically. And now we learn that finances are a thing for him. He wants to be sure he's financially secure before having a kid. Mm -hmm. And it turns out he did not have that growing up and he doesn't want to pay that forward. She says, hypothetically though, if they were to get pregnant that year, while it might not be the best financial situation, they could make it work. Yeah. And he's not, he doesn't really bite yeah. at this. And then they talk kind of about birth control here now. I guess we learned that they haven't been intimate yet. They haven't been intimate. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and there's a weird sort of undertone of him. I don't know. It was sort of suggested that maybe he was putting pressure on her to be on birth control. But then she was like, you know, there are other options. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in her confessional, she says she's anemic. And she likes the balance of things in her body right now. She doesn't want to go on birth control and like throw things out of whack. And she calls this their biggest roadblock. She didn't know what a big fear this was for him. You know, this guy didn't go to POU. <laughs> What's POU? Pull out university. <laughs> Is 
that a guy thing? Does every no, guy? No, I know just, that? I just, I just came up with it. <laughs> not a thing maybe a thing now but also what what does he not know like like there are condoms i like i'm not sure what's going on with his he has a phobia yeah he has a girl pregnant yeah i mean there are guys like this huh i i what i didn't appreciate is how it did feel like it was on her i wasn't sure how to feel about this conversation because he wasn't outwardly saying i want you to go on birth control but he would sort of broach it and she would sort of but what i don't understand about this conversation is she went right to vasectomy like, yeah. I don't like there are so many ways for a man to do things yeah. to not get or someone like pregnant IUD. short of a vasectomy. Yeah. But what I don't understand why she's not more firm about the other things that are obvious, like yeah. just wearing a condom. Is that <laughs> am I missing? something? I, here? I mean, I guess there's that one percent chance or point something percent. Can chance. I be honest with you? He's, I'm gonna he's be honest. very I mean, this is a thing for him, for I, sure. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, this is this is an honest truth. Anyone can come at me for this. Yeah. If you wear a condom uh-huh. and you track someone's ovulation yeah, schedule, yeah, yeah. you're not getting person pregnant, period. I mean, yeah, there's always, you know, I feel like there's always some 0.01% or whatever, but I, it does feel a little like all or nothing, like she has to be on the pill or else this isn't working. But even the pill, you know, there is also a point something percent chance. Oh, I there's probably more a percent chance you get pregnant on the pill than you do tracking ovulation and wearing a condom. It was That's a, just my opinion. It was an interesting conversation. It definitely felt like he... He there's he has a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got a phobia. Yeah. And then finally, there's another scene where they have Johnny's two sisters and his future brother-in-law over for dinner. And I mean, this goes so swimmingly well that there's not really anything even to talk about here. His sisters love her. They're crying with love. Yeah, they're crying with love. They love that she gets this inside joke about his nickname or what he was almost named or something. Like they just are... It goes so well that you can't you know imagine what? anything you know, going I think, wrong. I think she's used to that. Amy? She is a good person to bring oh. home to your parents. And now we'll move on to Brittany and Kenneth. We will go back to the Dominican Republic where Kenneth, this seems to be after that group party, uh, he tells Brittany that he spoke with AD about the race thing. He says the conversation gave him concern and she asks what would make him confident in them being good. And he says, that's a good question. And then he basically says he has to see how they work in the real world. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, actions aligning with words. I totally get that. Like, I'm up for the challenge. So this already, we felt that Kenneth has already checked out. He's done. Yeah. And he's done in a way that I don't like. Yeah. It's nice to know. I mean, it's not nice to know when someone doesn't want to be with you. It's Mm. always bad. Yeah. But at least it's nice to have the comfort of knowing that they made the decision from themselves. Yes. He's basically, he has made the decision from himself, but he's using an external conversation 100%. he had with someone else to, to decoy that. Yeah, and I don't even think AD said or did anything wrong. Well, she just brought up, a, she's like, oh, what about this? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it oh, maybe felt, I'll use that to break up with her. Yeah, it felt like he, it was the first sign of anything or like he was even mitigating like future judgment he could get from his family or his friends or whatever, which frankly is something he should have considered before going on Love is Blind, in my opinion. You know, this may be a controversial opinion, uh. but of all the people, well, the the, the finalists, let's call them. Yeah. I mean, there's like 50 people who go on the pods. We don't even see half of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But of all the people that are now in the show, yeah. I think he's the most likely to have gone on this show for Instagram fame. <laughs> What a fall from grace. I it's mean, a we, long shot. We did say last week that Kenneth, you called him too good to be true. Yeah, and he was. I agree. They're on a boat now, yeah. and he's sitting in complete silence. She's trying to make conversation. Showing his age. We're going to get to that later. He's so distant. They sit in silence until they see some dolphins, and then suddenly he opens up like crazy. Oh, he's into hey, dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe too much. Yeah, he has a dolphin looking at those blowholes. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a dolphin keychain. It was a life-changing experience swimming with a dolphin. Uh, Now a pretty painful conversation is had Mm. about physical touch where she has to sort of coax it out of him that, you know, she really enjoys physical touch. She's, it really, it feels, makes her feel loved. And he's like, oh, she's, she has to say, you can touch me more. I wrote, oof. Oh, yeah. Like, to me, this is so beyond over. 
like I understand like men want to be respectful and women want to not have to explain and all this stuff. But like this, it feels so uh, 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 uh. like it, it's they're trying to find their footing or rather she's trying to find her footing. And he's like I said, he's checked out of the building. No. And now we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, with sort of a, a depressing Ugh. scene here. Brittany is excitedly unpacking moving into their home together. She's like asking him what side of the vanity he wants, what side of the dresser he wants. And he's just on his phone. Mm. Uh, she says, don't look at your phone too much. And She's so nice. At, she, yeah, and at one point she even says like, what side of the dresser do you want? And he doesn't even respond. He's doesn't so engrossed. Respond. He's already phone. there. He's already at the point where he's not even responding to her. Yeah. Can you imagine? Phone. They just got there. Wow. They're still unpacking. Andy, you said, are they really going to suffer through this? He's literally phoning this whole thing in. <laughs> in a later scene, Brittany visits Kenneth's place. This is mostly her laughing at how sparse his kitchen is. Mm -hmm. And there's a confessional here where she says he can be very introverted at times. I think that's a very nice way of putting this. Yeah. And as he's on his phone some more, he says, he's ecstatic. How is she? He's like, I'm ecstatic. How are you? Oh, what is this? Is this, this is his this generation. Is not nice. No, it's not. It's very unbecoming. It's extremely ungentlemanly. Yes. I mean, there's a certain code. Even if you want to be a womanizer, mm -hmm. even for a player, there's yeah. a code. You have to respect women. He's being extremely disrespectful. I feel like he's kind of doing it on purpose. I think he's doing it on purpose, but that's even more disrespectful. Yeah. At least have the balls as a man, as well, a man who considers your he he speaks of himself. Highly, yeah, he does. As he's like, he sort of speaks to himself like, I'm a real man, I'm yeah, a yeah, good I'm a person, respectful man, a respectful yeah. man. And he's, he's like, you know, got a job in his middle school principal, like, yeah, yeah. He should be behaving better than this. And if he wants to break up with her, be a man, yes, and say, Listen, I gotta be honest with you, you're a great person, uh -huh. but I don't think this is working. Not just like sitting there looking at sports scores, yeah, yeah. and like Instagram while she's speaking very sweetly to yeah. him and asking for something back and giving him her undivided attention she's sitting there only looking at him she's not distracted with anything else she says she feels a difference since being back he doesn't have the same sense of peace and relaxation that he had before for example that morning when she just said good morning and he wasn't his usual loving self and he turns this on her he he feels he deserves more grace he, it, it wasn't like that every morning. He, he doesn't want it to always be, are you still happy with me? Her feeling unsure about how he feels. So he's not taking any responsibility for his shift in body language and puts it on no. her. So this is 101 how not to break up with someone. Ugh. Ignore them, yeah. be on your phone, and then gaslight them. Yeah, make them feel like they're being overly insecure by having an issue with your lack of communication, your yeah. lack of affection. Yeah, it's her fault. It Okay, so speaking of which, here's the big scene. At a later date, she kind of playfully, I think she does she does this very sweetly. She's like, so, you know, you woke me up at 1.30 a.m. Knowing yeah. that I had to wake up at 5 a.m. with all the lights on. I thought she did this very sweetly. And he's like, I was just trying to say goodnight. <laughs> I feel like she was protecting him here. I feel like he came home drunk or something. I agree. Because, something weird about that. Yeah, especially later on when he talks about how he was trying to be affectionate in that moment. It This felt very off to me. Who does this unless you're, there's something else in the something mix and I think it was on. alcohol. It's one thing if you purposely make it like it's almost like a dream. Like you just gently get into bed and there's like a little spoon and a kiss on the cheek mm -hmm. and then you go to sleep. And like they'll be like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and the person doesn't have to wake up at five in the morning. Right, right. Then when they have to wake up at five in the morning, I would be so pissed oh, off. Oh, me too. And, and he left all the lights on. What part of that is him romancing her? Yeah. Seriously. Uh, he just couldn't say, oh, yeah, sorry for that. Instead, he's like, I was just trying to be affectionate. Yeah, it's your fault again. She sweetly, again, sweetly says that he hasn't been home much. And he gets very defensive. He lists all the things he had to do, why he was out, that he says he checked in with her throughout the day. And she's like, yeah, but you did get home really late. And he once again turns this back on her. You know what this is? This is where you get punished twice when you're broken up with. Mm. It's not the right way to do it. You're already getting punished by being broken up with. Yes. That's the worst punishment. Yeah. Don't make it double yeah. by making them feel bad about all these gaslighty things yeah. and then breaking up with them. Just be a man and be like, listen, 
It's so easy in this situation, which is such an artificial, ridiculous concept. Yeah. The whole construct is ridiculous. Yeah. So you can be like, listen, I got to be honest with you. You are wonderful. I just woke up this morning and I'm just like, you know what? I know this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And I can't put my finger on it. He wanted to be the good guy. He wanted to be the good guy. He wanted to be the hero. And in trying to be the hero in his he way, looks he so became much worse. the villain. Oh, so much worse. She says she doesn't know how to pinpoint it. Their heads and their minds and what they want out of a marriage are there. They're aligned. But the desire or craving between them is the missing piece. And he's like, for you. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. For you, he denies that that's missing for him, even though we can all see it. Anyone watching this can see that he is not affected. He has been turned off from her since the conversation with AD. And he says, if she doesn't have a craving for him, thank you for telling him he doesn't miss the craving for her. And says, in fact, that there are times when he's trying to be affectionate with her and she doesn't want it. And he hilariously uses the 1.30 a.m. good night as an example here. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have many examples to work with. I and mean, that's no. his example. 1.30 in the morning when she has to wake up at five with all the lights on. That's, mm. his, that's his moment of being affectionate. He says, so when we talk about why certain things are not progressing, we also have to be introspective about the parts that we are playing too. He is so condescending. I could not handle this. He was talking circles around her, talking mm. down to her. And confusing her, to me, this was gaslighting. It was 100% gaslighting. It wasn't vicious gaslighting, but it was light gaslighting. Yeah, and I mean, she's 24 years old. We have to remember this. I wanted to hug her and I wanted to be like, Brittany, say this back. Brittany, do this. But like at 24, I don't know if I would have known what to say here either because he was very good at this, like disturbingly good at turning this on her and making it her fault. Yeah. Always beware the man who leads with piousness. Mm, well, so... Should we talk about that? Because you don't want to. (laughs) I mean, we can. Last week I said I wasn't sure how much of the pie was left if you took away their shared faith. And I'm sorry, was I not proven right? Yeah. I'm only mentioning this because some people had an issue with me saying that. But that was literally the glue in this relationship. Yeah, faith can be a glue for a relationship that is otherwise good. Yes. Or it faith can be- Faith cannot be the only thing holding or, up the building. Yeah, it can be like this spice. It can be something that adds like this extra dimension of like compatibility. Yeah, How absolutely. wonderful. And I think that's great. I never meant to suggest that relationships built on faith are only built on faith. But in this case, it was 100% their faith that brought them together. And then it turns out that was it. Yes, that was it. He manages to use the 1.30 a.m. thing as an example of her rebuffing his efforts of Mm -hmm. intimacy. Yeah. She was sleeping. Sleeping and had to wake up at 5 a.m. If I have to wake up at 5 a.m., I don't want someone else in the house. I don't want someone else breathing. Yes, yes. (laughs) He now spins this into her constantly questioning how in this relationship he is. They chose each other. He's not going to let one thing or one day make him wonder, does Brittany still want me? And I love her here. She's like, look, I'm very affectionate. She's like, we barely kiss. We haven't made out. For some reason, this feels awkward to me. She says that even though they're waiting for marriage, she still wants to enjoy the temptation of craving each other, the desire. And she says he's been so good to her. She thinks the world of him. She's still giving him these compliments. And he says, well, what I'm hearing, he does this thing where he says, well, what I'm hearing, which is very like therapy speak to me. It's actually like a useful tool, I think, in But you can turn conflict. it on someone. You can, and yeah. he's doing it here. Yeah. He says, well, what I'm hearing is that I'm the caliber of man you need, but you don't feel X, Y, Z for me. <laughs> That's enough. What part is he playing in this? Yeah. How He can't take any responsibility for how he's made. He, he's like, okay, your feelings are valid, blah, blah, blah. Again, more therapy speak, but he's actually not validating her feelings at all. Can I can I raise a controversial opinion here? Go for it. I don't know if it's an opinion, but it's just a question. Okay. Is it possible that Kenneth wanted to have sex with her and he was kind of BSing the whole way till marriage thing and riding with it, mm. but he really wanted to have sex and she wasn't going to give it to him because she was honest about her feelings about mm. sex before marriage? <sighs> 
Oh, and you think that he's been rejected. He's felt rejected. He's, so he's now rejecting well, her. Well, he just, yeah, he's felt rejected physically. He feels a buildup that he needs to release. Her. Well, in that case, it's been a bait and switch because right. he advertises being very cool with that. But I also think the alcohol, like I'm making a huge assumption. I realize that, that yeah. there was alcohol in the mix it's and that he assumption. came home drunk. It just sort of, it kind of tracks that that's why he would wake her up at 1.30 in the morning in an effort to be affectionate with her, leave the lights on, yeah. you know, like not cover his tracks you know in that way. You know what it way. is? It's circumstantial evidence. It's like convicting someone when you never found the body. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, Brittany too, she's so good to him and so understanding of him and she's protecting him. You know, if she were Laura, for example, we'll get to Laura later, I think she would be like, you were drunk last night. Where were you? That sort of thing. Right, like Brittany's right, not right, like right. that. No. She's still protecting him. I think that there was something else in the mix. And, if, and that, in, and I personally think it's alcohol. I, I kind of stand by my theory that he wasn't as serious about the whole sex before marriage thing. It's as so interesting because he just doesn't even seem interested in her. Like he doesn't even seem attracted to her. He doesn't show, we've seen it. It's right there for all to see. But he knows it's unavailable. She's less attractive to him because he knows it's unavailable. Oh. Oh. Anyway, that's a okay. theory. I don't want to stand. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. want to die on that hill, but yeah. I think there's some weight there. Okay, so she cries and says, I'm too emotional for this as he scrolls his phone. Mm, mm, and he mm. says this is not going to work, but he does want her to find the person she's supposed to be with. And she says thank you to this, and he's like, mm, no problem, <laughs> no problem. He was he might one not have inch said no away, problem, but his body language and gesture was nope. Don't worry about he it. He was this close to a you're welcome. <laughs> he gets back on his phone and says, "We good?" and walks off while she we cries good. alone in the kitchen. Now, okay, I mean, talk about a bullet dodged. He fought for this. Zero percent. No, negative. It negative. was a negative fight. You're right. He, he, right. He turned it on her. Yeah. That it was negative. Yeah, You're right. He's, he's the opposite of fighting for it. He's fighting against it. And we have to touch on this because in the first chunk of episodes, there was some defensiveness from him about being 25 and being asserted to not necessarily be ready for marriage and kids, family and all that stuff. Mm. And he was like, you know, age is just a number. I know I'm ready, blah, blah, blah. I think we've seen through his behavior here that he's proving all those people right and him being defensive about that is him not just owning the fact that he is indeed 25 and it's okay yeah. it's okay to not be ready you don't need to prove anything to the world he is showing it through his actions as yeah. much as he tells us how ready he is we saw here that he is not absolutely not ready okay so we'll move on what an unceremonious end to the mm. two of them i will say they ended sooner than i expected yeah i did not expect them to be the first to go yeah at least he gave her a nice hug <laughs> I went on Love is Blind and all I got is a shitty hug. <laughs> Followed by a we good as he walks away on his phone. Yeah. Oh, they're still good. Okay, so that brings us to A.D. and Clay. So back in the Dominican Republic, they are getting a meal at an outdoor restaurant. The food arrives. They toast to eternity. Clad. Huh? Clad. Oh, that's good. That works. Clad. Clad. You like that? I mean, what else are you going to do? Add Clay? Clay. How about Clay D? But then you're just mixing up their names. This podcast is called Dear Shandy. <laughs> yeah, but it's Sh Andy. It's not. Yeah, but Clad, her, you pronounce her name A D because it's two letters. Oh, A D. So you're doing the Clay pronunciation. Clay D. Clay D. Yeah. Clay D. It's better than Clad. <laughs> Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> okay, so we have to talk about this soup scene. He orders soup, which for some reason I found super cute. I don't know, something about a, a guy ordering a big bowl of soup. He's excitedly slurping down. I like a down. man who likes soup. Yeah. I agree with you. He slurps down the soup. There's, there's a very noisy slurping scene. There's yeah. no music, and we see her kind of just like looking at him. And then there's another scene where they're both finished eating, and he just starts stacking their plates. Yeah. So... The reason I'm bringing this up, I mean, it was sort of a funny scene, but I never expected to get so many DMs about this scene. People really wanted us to talk about the soup scene. Huh. What did they want us to talk about? After perusing Twitter, I think people found his slurping to be over the top because he brought the bowl up to his mouth. But I, I mean, I was raised like my mother's Chinese. I've been to a lot of like Asian restaurants, noodle soups in my lifetime. Yeah. And... 
I don't know. I feel like this was a casual dining situation. I understand it's early in their relationship. I just think that there are so many other issues with Clay. Like, this is not the issue. <laughs> yeah. Could he have eaten his soup a little more civilizedly? Yes. 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 100%. And the stacking of plates, I... Again, I, if this is a fine dining restaurant, I understand you wouldn't do that. I think it was obvious that Clay is restless yeah, and he likes to keep busy. My dad does this at restaurants. I you actually know thought this. it was very cute that he stacked the plates. He's helping the waitress yeah, or I, waiter. You know, like AD is sort of like twitching her eye that he's doing this. And I thought that was funny. I don't of know. Of all the things that happen in this show, that's the thing? <laughs> the soup? Yeah. Okay, so the guy doesn't have great soup manners. I guess, you know, he, you to stack the f- plates, he took some food from her plate, but I thought it was pretty obvious she was done eating. I don't know. The stacking of the plates, I have no issue with. If it, anything, it's nice. He's I, helping the wait staff. It, I think he was doing it in an effort to help, and you could argue that it's not the classiest thing to do at a restaurant, but this wasn't a fancy restaurant, and to me, it was obvious that he... Is, was restless. Like he wanted to do things. You know what I mean? This is what he was at fault for. He was very hungry. Mm-hmm. He doesn't eat soup great. <laughs> and he was fidgety. That's the worst thing he did. That's it. I don't understand what there is to unpack here. I mean, in my family, there have been many bowl to mouth soup drinkings at many an Asian restaurant in my life. Okay, the slurping. Was it a little over the top? Sure. He was really, I don't know. I found it endearing that he was so starving and was like, <laughs> like he was like a little kid. He was so excited about his soup. Yeah, he he loves soup. This is a man who loves soup. Why don't we just revel in his love of soup mm. instead of instead of chastising him yeah, for slurping? There's many other things to chastise about yeah. Clay. Yeah. Okay, she asks how he's feeling. He says he's trying to stay present and in the moment, but he's worried about letting her down. He's trying his hardest. He gets in his head. He opens up now about how marriage is something on his mind. He has seen how... Divorce can tear up a family. He says, I just want to believe. And then the music comes in. <laughs> Andy, you loved this. It felt like, first of all, the music on this show is so funny. It's oh, always ridiculous. a little too thematic with yeah. what was just discussed. Well, it feels like he has to wait. Like there's a band playing. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah. and? There is a spot to mention here at the group party, the sort of beach party, Jeremy telling AD that Clay is very introspective. And when he gets quiet, you have to give him space. Jeremy says that he has noticed that about Clay. When he gets quiet, <laughs> you gotta give him space. And he it, gets quiet all the time. You and, gotta give him space. And AD's like, oh, thank God it's not just me. So I thought this was yeah. kind of a cute moment. I, I Jeremy was very likable in this yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Jeremy. 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 Okay, so that brings us to Charlotte, North Carolina. On the sofa in their place, they chat. He reveals his mom and dad were best friends, but his dad was still cheating like crazy. Mm. His dad even brought him on some infidelity trips. That is poor form. He says he's never seen a black relationship where the man is faithful, even in like celebrity couples. The concept of one girl, he always has a fear of, can I just be with one person? And the marriage part is unknown for him. He wants to do therapy to talk it out. She's been awesome to him. She's helping him become a better person. He loves her, but there are demons he fights with. I wrote, the guy really can talk, and she's an amazing listener. Yeah, it's a great monologue. But I don't know. I just, when he repeatedly brings up these things, and I appreciate where he's coming from, like he has not had a good model in his life, right? But when he repeatedly just airs his fears without any, like, I don't know, conviction on his part or even faith in himself, seemingly, that he's going to do things differently. Like he is control in control of his own life, his own actions. I want to give him credit here. I know, I think a lot of people are probably clay haters, I'm guessing. I don't know, maybe it's 50-50. That's the gist I'm getting. I mean, if they're hating on, on him for how he eats soup, I'm oh, yeah. assuming they're hating on him yeah. for other stuff. Uh-huh. I think the soup is just a sort of a red herring. But I think that Clay brings up very good points about how he has bad role models. Yeah. And he's able to be honest about that. And he's talking about a thing that is letting her in on something that he may do in the future that's not good. Yeah, but And that's honesty. Yeah, okay, honesty, but also letting her in on something he may do in the future. He may do. He's 
he is an autonomous adult. He is in control of his actions. You can stop yourself from doing Easy something. Easy for you to say. I know. When you have had good parents, he had a father who brought him yeah. to his mistresses to have sex with. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe he was sitting in the room. I don't even know what was going on. Yeah. That was messed up. It still feels very fear-based, though. Like, it doesn't feel like he has conviction on his part. He's just bringing things up almost, in my opinion, it feels like he's mitigating. It, I like don't, he's preparing her for the worst. Like, what is, is she supposed to do with that? I don't know. I honestly don't know. You bring it's a good point, but I just don't know no, where he's going. No, and with your point this. is good too. Like, I I feel for him. You know, that's a really difficult. Yeah, that is conditioned in him. I it's cannot part sit of here him. and judge him and say like, I, I, if I had that father, mm-hmm. that would be in me. A lot of boys, whether they hate or love their father end up trying to emulate their father. Yeah, yeah. It's just a natural course of biology. Mm-hmm. And he's probably fighting that all the time. When he says he has demons, that's a big demon. It is. A lot of people's demons are just like, oh, I don't think I'm that great. Yeah. No, nothing against that. That's a big <laughs> demon. I mean, I had that demon too. I, everyone has that demon. It's a good demon. But it's a real... <laughs> it's a good demon. No, it's a top 10 demon. I also have that demon. Yeah. Everyone's got that demon. That's like, that's like, you know, you know, when you get a car, it's like, it comes with this, but you have to pay extra for it. Everyone comes with that demon. But but my point is, is he has something, there is an elephant in that room Mm -hmm. and he has had bad male role models. And the biggest role model of his life has been real bad. Isn't there a saying that goes, if your father cheats, then you cheat? The sins of the father. Is that what it is? I think it's kind of like that. That's an umbrella thing, but it's true. Um, I don't, maybe that's not true. I don't Mm. know. But the father is a big deal here. And if Clay overcomes that and people say, oh, well, his father was a cautionary tale. He should look at that and be like, oh, I should never be like that. Easy for them to say. Yeah. But if he overcomes that Uh and is faithful to AD or whoever he picks in the end, it may not be AD, he will have become a very substantial man. Mm-hmm. I will applaud that. Yeah. That's an accomplishment. So him bringing it up is necessary. I don't think he's saying to her, oh, I may cheat on you one day. I think he's just telling the truth. He's like, look, this is what I've been through. Yeah. This is who I am. This is a struggle for me. This is a demon. Let's work on this together. I agree. But at the same time, if AD were a good friend of mine and I saw these scenes, I'd be like, I agree. Girl, but can I look out? I totally agree with you. But can't that's why I'm saying I can't figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't take a side. Well, because I do feel like he wants to change. Like I do feel like he does not want to replicate what he has seen. He's made that very clear. Yeah. And I don't think he would be telling her all this if he did intend he to. wouldn't be telling yeah. her he'd be like i'm gonna be faithful till the yeah. end of the day you watch i'll show yeah, you yeah, yeah. how no, faithful i am that's a good point that's a good point okay so now ad visits his place they agree it needs a woman's touch he mm-hmm. invites her to move in i thought his vision board was pretty cute you oh. know all this stuff and then there's this one photo of a man kissing a woman i was like oh i mean how what's not to like here about clay i know clay's got some rough edges i yes. get it yeah and he's got a bad he's a soup real, eating a real work in progress he's a work in progress yeah and look at his pillows how can you not <laughs> love a man who has those pillows and knows that they're not good pillows <laughs> I found his vision board so cute. Something about cute. going to a guy, a single man's home and he's got a vision board. And one of the things on the vision board is a, like a, a scene of romance. Can I tell you something? It's he's, he's easy trying. to shit on Clay. For every one of Clay, there's a thousand people in his exact position who would never have that mood board on his wall. Fair enough. Fair enough. And who would not even do enough introspection and work to even know what a mood board even is. Yeah. Like to put, let alone put the time into it. Yes. I I stand clay. I'm going to say it right now. And if he disappoints me, which he may, (laughs) odds are he probably will. Yeah. I'm going to accept it because I think he's a complicated character. Okay. Oh, Andy, that's sweet. All right. Finally, with AD and Clay, they meet his mom and sister. This is not Clay's finest no, moment, no, no. I've got to say. Oh my goodness, his sister. Mm. She's so stunning. So cute. And I was in love with his mom. Yeah. There's a lot of talk here about work and logistics. Yeah. And I don't know, I found this kind of relatable. Like, I feel like if I were on this show and the guy I met was meeting my parents, it would be a lot of this. Like, a sort yeah. of like, well, how does your work schedule line? Like, how do you feel about his work schedule? 
Like it, like it was just yeah, so yeah. logistical and not feelings based. No feelings at all. No. Just logistics. Yeah. We learn here that Clay did not come home Saturday night. And this comes out because AD is asked how she feels about his work schedule. And she's like, well, I would appreciate it if like in between work commitments, you made an effort to come home. Yeah. He lists now all the reasons why he didn't come home Saturday night. He gets a little defensive, like it's out of his way. It's an hour drive, blah, blah, blah. And AD says, it's not that she doesn't want him to work. And he's like, so what's the problem? <laughs> he, uh, I feel like he opens up and is game yeah. on his terms. I agree. And I think the thing, if I had to put my finger on why people are upset about Clay, uh-huh. I think it's not so much about Clay, but it's more about AD. AD is so likable and strong, you just are worried she's going to get hurt. Yes. And that's why you're like pre-packaging your dislike of Clay. <laughs> totally. So this gets awkward really quickly, and I did not like this. Yeah. I don't like it when a couple, they're so early in the dating stage, right? Or yeah. sorry, the in- engaged stage. Yeah. And in front of his mom and sister, he says, she doesn't get it. She's not working about AD. Like she's yeah. not right there. Yeah. That, that, he's throwing her under the bus. I, I don't, I'm not into this. This no. is very childish to this me. This is the worst behavior by Clay the whole episode. His mom is super cool. She says, if someone is important, you make the time, period. Yeah. She's really, I, I'll tell you, his mother is solid because this uh, is an awkward situation. I loved his mom. Yeah. Love. She's a good kid. You can see why Clay is who he is. Yes. From the mother. You can see the two forces fighting yeah. each other. And I love that she doesn't just automatically pick her son's yeah. side in this. She was just so grounded. Oh, yeah. We were big fans. Okay, Andy, that brings us to Chelsea and Jimmy, our favorite couple. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Okay, so back in the Dominican Republic, we open with Jimmy apologizing. She does this thing where when someone's apologizing, she does not let them off the hook until they pretty much grovel. Yeah. And that's more or less what happens here. He has to say he's hard-headed for her to accept this. But I got to say, I don't know if I found Jimmy that hard-headed in that fight. No. Jimmy is always on the defensive in a way that makes him a sympathetic character. Somehow, yeah. I'm not, Jimmy is not perfect by any means. No, but I, I will say I'm liking Jimmy a little more every well, day. Well, he's so entertaining. Yeah. I mean, they, the two of them together is such good TV. It's too good to be true. This trio is the best I've seen out of Love is Blind by a long shot. In terms of entertainment. In entertainment. Yes. In another conversation, she asks... <laughs> Chelsea. Everything Chelsea. She's constantly fishing, right? Constantly. constantly. She asks about his favorite and least favorite parts of the week. And he says his least favorite part was biting his lip. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he made his lip bleed. And even she's like, not our argument. Get, like she oh. wanted to have a fight about the argument. Well, no, I actually think that she wanted the argument. She wants to mean so much to him, right? That, that she, she even wants, wants the, the argument to, to take be, precedence yes, over physical yeah. pain. And he's like, why would the argument? No, the argument like is making us stronger. But yeah. it's like, Every part of his week needs to revolve around her. I don't know. She took issue with this somehow. How much of that can you take as a man or a human? Any as a human. woman or any, as an animal? <laughs> <laughs> she asks about any concerns moving forward. He says he has none. They'll get along just fine. Yeah, that's oh. uh, I thought this was cute. As they pack up to head home, there's a cute selfie video where Chelsea's like, okay, we're leaving. Say bye to our room. And Jimmy's like, bye room. Yeah, that's cute. We I do was- that. That's exactly why I brought it up. Yeah. We totally do this. Not all the time, but when a room has made, you know, it's bit, it's meant something to us. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you stay in a hotel room and you're like, or an Airbnb and you're like, oh. Well, it's become, it's like anthropomorphic, anthropomorphized itself. You know what I'm talking about. Do I? It's become like a, a like a living thing, like a cartoon character. Oh, like a character like in your life. Disney, it's like a Pixar character. Like your room is like, hi guys, <laughs> why don't you come sleep on my bed? And make a poop in my toilet. <laughs> and now in Charlotte, North Carolina, they are at Chelsea's apartment. Her roommate Tiffany stops by with champagne. Andy, you said, I don't understand champagne. Overrated. In his confessional, Jimmy says he could not live there. The roommate's a bit too much. They visit his place. I love Chelsea's reaction over him having laundry in his closet. Appropriate reaction. Oh, yeah. That's the dream right there. Uh, her friends now come over to their shared place and they chat. She brings up Trevor. And says they laughed so much she had him in number one. Uh-oh. She tells him about the mullet, how she guessed he'd have a mullet. This topic ends in a weird way with her just being like, oh, she loved him, but she found her guy. Now, if I Jimmy 
I know. Had done the same thing. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's it would have been World point. War Three. Can you imagine? It also got me thinking about potential producer manipulation in all of this. Like, let's be honest. It's better TV that Jimmy and Chelsea chose each other instead of Jessica and Trevor. And I just think that you could help this along with the timing of pod dates and, you know, him having a pod date with Chelsea directly following his huge blowout fight with Jessica you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm wondering how much puppeteering there was behind the scenes in order to make this choice happen. I just thought it was interesting. This is the first time we've heard Chelsea admit that Trevor was her own number one. I think there was a team of psychologists who <laughs> orchestrated this from the beginning. Oh, I would not be surprised. They picked these people and they said, trust us, this is what's going to happen and you're going to like it. She says that... Jimmy has been physically distant and she reveals now that he saw a photo of Jessica and she tells her friends that Jessica's stunning. I am so disappointed we did not see this. Right? The scene. So apparently Jeremy said to Jimmy, have you seen Jess? Have you seen Jessica? And then he shows him her Instagram. How? I don't understand. Like we were robbed. Robbed. It was a bait and switch. Yeah, you're right. Because whenever he does eventually see her at the party or whatever, which is being previewed, it's not really the first time he's seeing her. Like, that is so painful. It hurt my heart that we didn't see that. Why do you think they did that? Do you think his reaction wasn't satisfying enough? It wasn't clean enough? No, they didn't have it on camera. Oh. It's not always captured on camera, but I, they should be. They should have someone there with like a GoPro and like a clip-on mic. Come on. Yeah, they should have said to Jimmy, listen, there's going to come a time maybe where you might see Jessica on social media when mm -hmm. you get your phone back. You cannot look at her without us being there first with cameras. I feel like that should apply to all interactions with the other people. Yeah, we as the viewer show. got rubbed. Yes. We are paying good money for Netflix. <laughs> Do you have a bone to pick? Are you going to complain? Bone. Do you want to speak with the manager? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Karen this Netflix shit. <laughs> Jimmy emerges now and the usual friend interrogation ensues. A highlight for me was one of her friends asking, do you believe in going to bed angry? Oh my God. Yes, <laughs> that is such I do. I love going to bed angry. It's my favorite pastime actually. <laughs> Jimmy asks, how different am I than Chelsea's usual type? Turns out he's not Chelsea's type. Oh, imagine but, that. Yeah, I know. He's not Chelsea's type. And all she talks about is how wonderful Trevor is. But Jimmy doesn't complain. Can you imagine if with his friends, if he said to his friends with her right there that Chelsea is not his usual type? It, it, again, like shots fired. The Megan Fox thing comes up. <laughs> Funny for stay safe, Carrie Underwood. And she's like, no, 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 the other one, the other one, quick. Okay, so now the big fight. Later that evening, they talk about her friends. It went so well, which Chelsea quickly turns into, I'm glad because I was really worried about you today. Mm. Uh, Chelsea, she's, she's passive aggressive. Mm. I find this passive aggressive. Passive and aggressive. It's, it's disguised as concern. It's disguised as concerns. Like, I was worried about you today. And then really what, it's not that she was worried about him. She wasn't doted on enough for her liking. Pretty much since Jessica's Instagram came into the mix. See, the difference here, some people will try to draw the parallel between Kenneth and Brittany and Jimmy and Chelsea. Who will try to make that parallel? I'll tell you why. Because Brittany was saying, like, I really like physical touch. Like, I want you to touch me more. Uh -huh. And Kenneth's like, oh, yeah, I like physical touch, too. I touch all that. There is a parallel there. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no? That's true. No, okay. You were making it work. Because Brittany didn't put it on Kenneth. Mm. She just brought it up. Yes. She's like, I like this. Yes. And I like I like having this. It's mm -hmm. not something you did wrong. It's just something I like, which I'd like more of. Mm -hmm. As opposed to Chelsea, like, why are you touching me more? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Touch me. <laughs> she criticizes his lack of acknowledgement of her that day. He says he tries to take care of her. He paid for dinner. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Oh, oh Jimmy. Eh. <laughs> Wrong oh, answer. And she says, but emotionally, not financially. She says, you didn't kiss me one time today. And he's like, well, actually, I, I kissed you twice. And he has to point. He's like, I kissed you here when you were getting ready this morning. I mean, it's, oh, this is so cringy, but it, it's such good TV. It's great. It's great TV. When he's fact checking her on having kissed her that day and where. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you will see, according to exhibit A, a kiss right below the mouth to the left and down. 
He goes over to kiss her anyway, and she criticizes the way he says he loves her. She's like, I just don't feel it. You only say it like this. I don't feel loved. I wrote, if you have to have this conversation, it's already over. Yes. The truth finally comes out. She brings up Jess, him having seen her photo. It made her wonder if he pictured a life with her. He says, no, the only reason Jess came up is because Jeremy had asked him if he had seen Jess's Instagram. He was only trying to fill Chelsea in. Like he wanted to keep her abreast. She says, yeah, she loves that he does that. But she's wondering if he's thinking, damn, I messed up, which isn't right for her to think. I got to say, somehow this is on him. Her saying that it isn't right for me to think that. She's basically saying it's on you to make me not think that. Yeah, this is a problem. He insists he chose her. He made his decision. But she keeps interrupting him to say variations on, I just want you to want me. She's always sidestepping. He'll apologize for the thing she's just accused him of. And then she'll find something else to accuse him of. So it's like a -a whack-a-mole. I want you to want me. I need you to need me. Jimmy says, I'm not going to be able to tell you I love you every minute of every day. He hurt his lip. His li- <laughs> it hurts to talk. This is going nowhere. She keeps, you know, moving the mole that he has to whack until finally he's like, okay, well, truthfully, you've been a little clingy. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she obviously goes crazy at this. She says, this is BS. She cooked for him, watched his show and then had sex with him. And he's like, oh, well. <laughs> if you're gonna bring up the sex she's the one who wanted that he kind of wanted oh, a little breather from that too <laughs> I can't I, I, I can't Andy you said this is the greatest show ever and Jimmy is your favorite TV person ever Explain. okay 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 that was a little hyperbole uh-huh. we went a little too far there I mean in you the were moments. dying at this part but I mean, come on. How can you not how can you not <laughs> love Jimmy here? How can you not like what he's saying? Yeah. He's being, you know, I'll tell you something. Yeah. Jimmy is being a very nice guy. Yes. He's trying his best. He I am I am admiring what he is doing. Mm-hmm. The heavy lifting, the swallowing of the anger, the he, swallowing of the irritation. Yeah. He's I mean, very patient, actually. He's extremely patient. He's not who I saw in the pods. In the pods, I would have expected that guy to be like, but he's not that guy he's actually a sweet guy and look at his friends his friends love him you could argue i saw a couple people like in chelsea's defense say that well jimmy must not be making her feel loved he is contributing to this dynamic where she's not feeling it right but at the same time i strongly feel that chelsea needs to fill that cup on her own to some degree because otherwise any relationship she's in she's going to feel like she's not receiving enough but also if this early into a relationship she's feeling that rather than putting on the person Mm -hmm. why doesn't she just say you know what i'm not getting what i want I'm leaving. Mm. This is not close to what I need or want. One hundred. I'm going to make the decision. One hundred percent. She feels very anxiously attached where she's always seeking more. And it always has to come in the package that she wants it. And really, the reason why this became a thing is because he saw Jessica's Instagram, correct? She dances around bringing it up, right? It takes a long time to get there. Sort of like the fight last time where she was like, are you are you good? Oh, I think you're lying to me. And then it turns out she's the one that's not good. She does. She's not just direct and saying, "Hey, you saw Jessica's Instagram this week. It made me really insecure. I'm just letting you know that I feel like I need a little more reassurance than usual." If she just said that, I would have no issue with that. But it's the fact that she. It's like this code, this constant song and dance of her pretending that she's not deeply insecure. It's hard to have that much sympathy for someone who won't just admit it to themselves. And you cannot argue someone into loving you. No. That's the other thing. She's trying to argue. She's like, look, this is why you should love me more. And this is why. This is how you should show me. This is how. She should take a step back and just observe. She never just takes stock of the whole situation. She's just always coming for more. You know, you could say the word clingy was harsh. No, it wasn't harsh. It was harsh that he said it. It's obviously true. It's obviously true. Yeah, it's it's like just stating the obvious in a way where you're like, oh, you don't say that. You just think it. Yeah. But he said it. It was not So helpful. he said it. Okay, so this ends not well. He packs up, goes to his apartment. And meanwhile, Laura and Jessica meet up for drinks. 
Mm-mm. Jessica reveals the day after they got back, he sent her a friend request. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, boy. And eight hours later, he withdraws it and puts his account on private. <laughs> <laughs> she says she spent the entire time back trying to heal. She took two days to herself after the show before, you know, returning to her real life. She's afraid of seeing him and being set back. I have to point something out here. I actually think if Jessica were less conventionally beautiful, people would be easier on her. Probably. I think that a lot of what she says is construed as being more arrogant than it actually is because she is, like I said, very conventionally beautiful. Last week, when Chelsea said in the pods that he was going to choke when he saw what he missed out on, Mm -hmm. some people took that to assume that she meant he's going to choke seeing her versus Chelsea. But I actually didn't take it to mean that at all. I thought she meant more just like she has confidence. She knows what she has to offer. I thought that she was just talking about herself. Yes. She's not mean. No. Jessica doesn't strike me in any way as mean. I don't think she would do that, especially in the eyes of America. She knows. She's very self-aware. Yeah. She wouldn't have said... Oh, you picked the wrong oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, totally. She's saying you, me against anyone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who I'm up against. It's just me. Yes. You're going to be very upset when you see me. She has confidence. And that's what I mean. If she were less conventionally beautiful, people wouldn't take that to mean what they took it to mean. Yeah. If a really pretty girl is too confident, sometimes people just assume they're a mean girl. Uh-huh. And that's not true all the time. No. That's not even true half the time. Jess says Chelsea is stunning. She's perfect in every way, but she has done her digging and Jimmy's exes all look like her, meaning herself. And in her confessional, she admits she's not over him. She still has dreams about their conversations. Mm. And she says that they both know, meaning she and Jimmy both know that an attraction was there without even seeing each other's faces. And to see him would be like dangling a carrot in front of his face. And she's like, don't act like I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) i loved this fourth wall breakage she's so honest she's right she's obviously right would people rather have their intelligence insulted by her just i don't know being so self-deprecating that she is untruthful yeah people sometimes confuse honesty with meanness yes it's just honesty sometimes it goes a little too far maybe jimmy shouldn't have called chelsea clingy Maybe you should have said it in more words than one. (laughs) Yeah. But sometimes honesty is just so delightful. It is. Just this show. Use this show as an example. The best parts of this show are the parts where people are truly honest. The best parts of life are when people are truly honest. Yes. And sometimes someone's honest with you and you don't like it. And you know what happens? You learn. It usually teaches you something that no one else would have told you. Totally. Okay. So next time we see Chelsea and Jimmy, he arrives and kisses her. It feels like they've sorted things out. She says leaving like that was not cool. And he says, to be fair, you told me that you were leaving. She's like, the only reason I said that is because you accused me of being too much in your space. She says he needs to work on his delivery. And she knows she needs to work on her emotions and being sensitive. I did love that she said this. He apologizes profusely, says how much he loves her. He wants a future with her. He asks her to not discontinue initiating sex. They patch things up. And next time we see them, they are meeting Jimmy's female friends. I got to say, I really liked his friends. Yeah, me too. Like a lot. Says something. Yes. The female friends a man hangs out with say so much. Also the fact that he has platonic female friends. Yeah. And they're not just part of this larger group with their boyfriends or whatever. Like they're just the girlfriends of his friends. Yeah. It says so much about him that he had these two particular friends. I like these two friends. Like I don't mean to like rank friends of people on this show. But out of all the friends that we've seen this season or really any season, these two girlfriends, I was like, those would be my friends. Yeah. Like, I I liked them. I did, too. This is sort of an endearingly awkward situation where I feel like Chelsea, perhaps out of nervousness, overshares, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. They say Jimmy's very dependent on whoever he's with, and Chelsea's like, not the last couple of days. Oh, dear. I think she was leaning into being like a girlfriend with them rather than... Yeah, she has to understand which team she's on. She's asked how he feels about having close girlfriends, close female friends, and she says... That she wants to be cool with it. She's really close with one of her ex-boyfriends, but I guess she's had boyfriends who insisted it was platonic, but then have cheated on her with those friends. Mm. So, oof, that's rough. I'm touched by the moment where Chelsea says she needs more girlfriends. And they're like, well, you seem great. (laughs) Yeah, she's trying. Yeah. 
She really is. Like in this scene, I was like, oh, Chelsea, like even when she was oversharing, I'm like, I understand what's going on. Like you're nervous. Look, Chelsea's the product of her wounds. Yes. You, know, you can't blame her for her wounds, but she needs to take a different tactic. That's all. Okay. So finally, Andy, Laura and Jeremy, all the mm. way back in the Dominican Republic, we learn, Laura says this in her confessional, that after that fight that they had at that beach party, Jeremy iced her out. He slept on the sofa. He didn't talk to her. And she tells him, they have a chat now, that that was triggering. And she asks that when she says something to him, that he not repeat it to the group or whatever. You know, like yeah. that was just for the two of them. This is what we said last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he agrees he could have handled things better. It was wrong. He can only try to fix it. They agree they're the top couple there. <laughs> At the group beach hangout now, I liked this. Jeremy apologizes to Dee over the yeah. bean dip. And she's totally Thank fine with it. She's like, who cares? Yeah. He says he almost left the show. He felt sick about it. Mm. I think that Jeremy has issues with shame. Yeah. Okay. So now Charlotte, North Carolina, Jeremy and Laura talk about deal breakers. The theme is cleanliness, which leads to her visiting his place. Turns out he was not exaggerating about his tidiness, Andy. Oh, yeah. No, he's on top of yeah, it. Yeah. He had a Roomba, a Roomba oh, going. Yeah. Even everything in his fridge is like facing outwards. She yeah. she says it gives serial killer vibes. It does, but good serial killer, like Christian Bale psycho. We have to talk about this scene where Laura and Jessica meet for drinks, because here is where Laura reveals Sarah and DM'd Jeremy, you know, said that if he's shifting in his choice, she'd love the opportunity to meet him. Mm. What was interesting about this conversation is it did feel like she was judging Sarah Ann for doing that, but it also kind of felt like she was maybe kind of sort of encouraging Jessica to do that with, with Jimmy. Oh, yeah. She was. Yeah. I mean, it's very human. You know, we all have our alliances, our friendships and all that. But I just had to point that out. I don't get the feeling that Laura is necessarily friends with Chelsea. I get the feeling that she is not a huge Chelsea fan. But remember, Laura was the one who blew Chelsea's cover when she came in the room and said oh, that. Oh, Andy, uh -huh. look at that callback. Uh -huh. You know, this says something about how this show has captured your attention because you would never remember something like that on The Bachelor. That's true. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. Okay, so now Jeremy meets Laura's parents. Hmm. This scene kind of made me squirm a bit. Yeah. Made her parents squirm a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, it's very like jabby. At, it's very like Laura's being very um, antagonistic kind of acerbic towards Jeremy. I guess like she's usually like that to be fair, but she doesn't tone it down for her parents at all. No, compare this to the meeting of the the family of um Amy and Johnny with his you. siblings. Yes. Yeah, totally. She reveals they're in a love triangle, how Sarah Ann had DM'd him and Jeremy's like, "Are we going to talk about this right now?" Like her parents are just standing there. It's just sort of awkward all around and then in their confessional her parents say they like him. He does seem able to handle what she dishes. And then- I don't know if that's a necessarily like the sign of a great relationship. I know that she likes to dish, mm -hmm. but this is not a normal meeting of the parents in I any agree. sense of the word. Even for like, a, just a relate, like you're just boyfriend, girlfriend. It's so obviously not right. With Jeremy and Laura. Yeah, it's so obvious. Like uh -huh. this is the problem with this show is there's a few relationships which are obvious. Mm -hmm. We don't need to mention them where you're just like, why are we going through these motions? Yes. This is not fun anymore. Like, it's only fun because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And if that's the point of the show, then just make it clear. And I don't mean to override what her own parents think about her. I actually think that Laura's parents have a fantastic read on her. Yeah. You know, they're like, Laura is a lot to handle. And her father says that if you put her on a pedestal, she will walk all over you. Sure. And that could be true but i actually based on you know just watching her i also feel laura needs someone who brings out her softer side you know it's almost like you could love her into a little more submission than always battling her and like commanding her respect in that way yeah. we agreed andy that she's clearly been hurt at some point which early is, yes early it shaped her personality yeah 100%. she put up heavy walls yes and even her criticism of his hawaiian shirts her sister's like, so what? Yeah, you know, so let him have much. his shirts. It's cute. That's the best part about Jeremy. <laughs> That's how I feel about your white V-necks. Oh, thank you. Whenever anyone has an issue with their V-necks, I'm like, they're like, oh, Charlene can't possibly like Andy's V-necks. As long as I've known you, you have like 30 white V-necks. Why would I be like, no, I'm going to make you change this about yourself. I find it endearing that you don't want to think about what to wear and you just throw on a V-neck. You know, it's something I think about all the time and it's extremely sweet. 
Oh, that? The V-neck thing. That you like accept and like my V-necks. I'm almost doing it as a test to see. <laughs> well, in that case, I am passing with flying colors. You really are. And of course, you have other clothes for other events, other activities. We're in the comfort of our home. You can wear a white V-neck shirt. Yeah, the point is that's not something she should be upset no, about. No, and she'll admit it after some, you know pushback that okay yeah it doesn't matter it's superficial but i do feel like laura she's got these hard edges i don't think that she should necessarily be with someone who just keeps them as sharp as they are yeah i think the right person like the excalibur sword yes. will bring down those walls and yes, soften her up yes they will round out the edges yeah. they'll still have the playful bickering but yes. it won't be so pointed totally and now the final scene jeremy mm. and laura she confronts him and puts down her Stanley cup on the coffee table. Oh and Andy, you said, oh, no, she has one of those cups. What's the point of that cup? A Stanley cup. Yeah, why? And so, why is it called a Stanley cup? Was, is, is that trying it's to the brand, play on like the hockey? I only Stanley know this cup? because in my bar class yesterday, the instructor had one and it said Stanley on it. And I was like, oh, Stanley cup. And I put yeah, it together. But Stanley, they had to be thinking about the hockey cup. I Are mean, you sure? It seems a little too coincidental. Anyway, that's not important. The point is, <laughs> wh wh why do people have this cup? Who cares about this cup? Why is that a good cup? Okay, I think we might not understand this because we live in New York City where we do not have a car. Oh, but I think that it's like I, an enormous uh, cup that fits in your cup holder and there's a straw so you don't I need to... I am ashamed. Of course that's why. I get it now. I don't drive. It's yeah, my excuse. Yeah. But now, you know what? That's a good cup. It's a great idea. I'm down with a Stanley Cup. The other thing I found myself interested in the cup by was the fact that you could really clean out the cup because a water bottle, it's hard to get to the bottom inner corners. Oh. You know, because it's more open at the top and less open at the bottom, you can really get in there. I got to be honest. It's a genius invention. <laughs> okay. Now you want to buy a Stanley Cup. I don't. I have to buy a car first. I almost want to buy a car so I can buy a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Laura confronts Jeremy here for leaving at 10.45 p.m. and not coming home until 5 a.m. She's mm. like, the bars close at 2 a.m. What were you doing? It's a great question. It is. Turns out he met Sarah Ann. Mm. And he says they just hung back talking. And she's like, <gasps> so you hung back with Sarah and we're talking until 5 a.m. And he's like, and he does this thing, which to me was such a giveaway that he was lying. He was like. Yes. It was like textbook. His eyes darted away from making eye contact, and then he came back and said yes. Well, isn't that what it is? Up and to the right? Is that what it up is? Up and to the right. Isn't really? that a lie? If you look up and to the right, or maybe it's up and to the left. Either way, it's up and to the something. Uh -huh. You're lying. He says, for reassurance, he shared his location with her. <laughs> she says she- <laughs> Mental note. When you share your location with someone who you don't want to know where you are, uh -huh. don't do the things- that are the things that the person you shared your location with as a cover are worried about. Unbelievable. And he advertised this as being like a selling point. Yeah, it was that serial killer behavior right there. Uh, it's like, look, I shared my location. Yeah, my location shows that I was at the girl's house that you were worried I was at, <laughs> but I still shared my location. Her response here was the mic drop of the whole episode. She says she doesn't want to be engaged to someone where she needs that sort of reassurance, where she has to follow their location in the first place. Thank you. She says she didn't even get a text, any acknowledgement. Where was he? And he says, in the parking lot. And she says, you're just hanging out in the parking lot at Lost and Found until 8, 5 a.m. And he says, I'm not denying anything. Do you think that was weird editing? Possibly, was, but this is all. He's just caught in a lie he's and he's such being so a lie. squirmy about it. And she it. says, You're denying leaving the bar. And he says, I don't want to talk about it right this second. He clearly, I don't think, had planned ahead his lies. Like, I think he thought he was going to be able to talk his way out of this because I suspect Jeremy is able to talk his way out of a lot of things. But Laura's very, very quick. Something happened here where I think Jeremy was told by production, like, okay, this is how we're going to do this. And it wasn't exactly how production told him it was going to go down. Oh. Which it felt to me like Jeremy was like, everyone here knows what I did. Yeah. Why does everyone in America have to see me crucified right now? Uh, like, that's that's what it felt like to me. Okay, so you think there was some fourth wall happening there. Right. And that doesn't forgive him at no, all. No, 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 no. Not at all. No. But I'm just feeling like there was, it felt like he was like, why is this happening this way? I was told this was going to happen a different uh, way. Oh, 
okay, I really like Laura. And in this scene, she was just such a good detective, right? Yeah. She kind of ends up cornering him. It's sort of like in, I don't know, what's a game where you corner someone like tic-tac-toe? <laughs> Uh, where you trap them and they have no they have no choice you know what i mean laura exposes the smoking gun now by saying you weren't at the parking lot at lost and found oh man that's not a phrase you ever want to hear in a relationship at any point in time <laughs> she says he wasn't even in south end he was north of uptown which is where sarah ann lives dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this sort of explodes and she leaves in a huff and Somehow, Jeremy is the pissed off one. Well, he's on pissed off because he got caught in a lie. Yes. He's having a temper tantrum. He's, this is reminding me of the fight they had after the party. Yeah. You know, he's the one to blame. And instead of apologizing, admitting wrongdoing, taking any responsibility, just confessing. You know what he's pissed off about? He's being, pissed off that he shared his GPS. <laughs> he's pissed he, off that he provided that yeah. reassurance. Yeah, he's pissed off that he literally gave her a roadmap, mm. literally, to... The girl's house he was sleeping at. What an interesting character he is. He's both like really smart. Like he's very quick witted. But this was so stupid. So dumb. <laughs> it doesn't feel like he f is upset he hurt Laura. And that's no, what bothers me. No, he's upset he got that caught. he doesn't know how GPS works. <laughs> it definitely feels like he's upset he got caught and not that he's upset at the potential of losing Laura, of hurting her. You that's know what what's messed up. You know what would have been upset about losing Laura is gently places the phone down, head in hands, yeah. sobbing. That would have been a start. Yeah. Just owning it. Yeah. He doesn't feel like he sucks because he cheated on her. He feels like he sucks because he didn't cover it up well. Yes. Because he's so neat. Look at his apartment. He's got the Roomba. Everything's organized so perfectly. Yeah. He's a man who likes to cover his tracks. Ooh. And he didn't do it when it really counted. Mm -hmm. All right, Andy. Let's quickly wrap with who we would go for. Uh, I'm kind of torn between AD and Amy now. Okay. It's you were last close. week too. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to switch to Amy. I think Amy just seems so nice to be in a relationship with. Yeah, and then we didn't get a lot of AD screen time, actually, through yeah. these three episodes. Okay, I support that. All right. For me, am I still allowed to pick Trevor? You are. He, I know he's not really... He, he may wasn't, be coming back. He's definitely coming back, but I know he wasn't in these three episodes. Can I do that? You can do it. I feel my selection is not strong. I agree. You can pick Trevor. Okay. Because <laughs> even Johnny, like him pressuring Amy to use birth control, I was like... Yeah, that's a weird. I mean, he's otherwise the best one, but yeah, it's funny when we recapped season four, I found myself more drawn to the men than the women, and I feel the opposite with this season. Yeah, well, that's a wrap, Andy, for All this right. recap. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, and Tick. Talk. Leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews. Tell your friends and generally do all the things you do to support a podcast you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye bye. Dear Shandy.